This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This podcast is produced by podcastandradio.com. Small Biz. Small Biz America. The Brain. Our guest on this segment has spent most of his life observing how connectedness motivates people to be who they truly are. As an entrepreneur, he created relationships that empowered two businesses in St. Louis, Missouri over a 35-year period, one in residential interior design and in tandem, a custom furniture design business, he opened himself to empower personal and professional relationships through the practices of empathy, compassion, and imaginative solutions to their desires. In 2003, his spiritual journey has been one of conscious awareness revealed through the human ability to design the interior of their mind, how they want the mind to create their future growth and prosperity. Kerry P. Keller joins us from his offices in St. Louis. Kerry, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. And you know, our audience is largely entrepreneurial and business builders, so it's fascinating to talk about the mind and how it applies to you know, the building of businesses. And I have to ask, what do you today, looking back, wish you knew more about in your entrepreneurial business building days? In other words, looking back, if you could only have known X, Y, and Z, uh, what does that look like for you? Probably two things. One, consistency. My business uh, was generally very successful, but I had a lot of hills and valleys. And I realized now looking back, um, part of that challenge was my being consistent with my effort you should always have one goal waiting after you finish the, the one you're on. Hmm. And um, I think I probably, I don't want to sound like I party, but I, I did a lot of celebrating when I did some good things and I would go for days or weeks and then I'd say, oh, I got to get back to this. And then all of a sudden, you know, I would start seeing valleys because once you yeah. get the energy flowing, then it keeps flowing unless you stop. And then to start it up again, it takes a little bit to start that energy flowing again. And so that was, that was a big lesson for me to look back at. The other one would be um, me realizing now how much I used my mind then without really realizing it. I've always been a person of a lot of imagination. And we now understand, all of science understands when we put our attention on something, it shows up in our life. And I wish I would have understood much more clearly how what that meant. And yeah. right now, I practice honing my attention a lot to be productive on what it is I want to happen, what I expect. 
and I work very hard to take my attention off what I worry about or what I'm trying to control or what I don't think can happen because of my past experiences, because there is no limitations other than what we have in our head. Oh, I love that. I, I really love that. And what we focus on does grow. And and thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's some personal information about you. Are you you know very early in this segment, and I do appreciate that. What was the light bulb for you? The moment where where you realized you didn't know what you didn't know and wanted to move into the study of metaphysics for your own life. Well, that's pretty interesting. I jokingly, but it's not really a joke. I jokingly say that it was my soul that said, "Uh oh, it's time to make a change." I was um, driving down the highway in St. Louis one day, I think it was a Sunday afternoon, looking for my sports station on the radio, and a lady kept coming up, and she was from the School of Metaphysics, which I, at that time I'd never even heard of, and she was interpreting dreams, hmm. and I'd always been a dreamer, and so I was kind of curious, but I couldn't understand why the heck she was on my sports station, and um, pretty unlike me, I, I mean, at that time, I couldn't have told you what metaphysics was, it was 2003. And um, two days later, I found myself at the School of Metaphysics in St. Louis and actually ended up buying some books for gifts for my wife and signed her up for classes to start the first of the year because she's always telling me how spiritual she was. But I didn't sign myself up until she came home after the third class and said, Carrie, you have to go to these classes. And wow. in, so wow. do, in so doing, by the sixth class, I realized, my God, everybody in the world needs to go to these classes just to understand how their mind functions and why the things occur in their life that, they, that occur. So, so yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's the fascinating part, because you get to begin to see cause and effect of what you're doing, what you're thinking, how you're acting, and what that brings into your life. And some of those things you don't want and a lot of things you do want. And so you can constantly be correcting yourself to bring to you what is needed and what is desired. Carrie, broadly speaking, what is metaphysics? Well, in its simplest form, meta means beyond. Physics is everything you and I, anybody studied in probably middle school or junior high about physical laws of our physical world. So beyond that means the mind. Because the mind doesn't work under the same rules or, or laws. Actually, the laws in the physical world follow the universal laws that metaphysicians teach and that neuroscience is now working their way into and realizing it's the key to how the mind works. Mm. And so anything that you compose in your mind is actually a thing because all thoughts have vibrations. And... So you can measure the vibrations because your good thoughts, your loving, giving, supportive, trustworthy type thoughts are, operate at a much higher um, vibration. And then the negative thoughts um, that you have, fear-based thoughts, operate at a much lower vibration, which makes up your consciousness. So if you run into somebody that's of a pretty positive nature, you can tell that energy when you're around them. And the same for somebody else who may be not being very energetic and positive that day, or maybe they're just not that positive. Um, I walked up to people and say, oh, I don't want to be here right now. And um, we all can tell it. We don't always know why, but thoughts are things, and they definitely tell us um, what's going on. I mean, how often have you been in a room that's kind of calm and relaxed and somebody walks in and everybody's attention goes to that person that's in the room and suddenly there's an energy in the room. And so we all carry that. You know, some of us have learned how to turn that on. Some of us don't. 
and but we're all capable of it. And mostly it's the thoughts that get in our way, the doubts, the fearful based thoughts that we have, the worry, the doubt, the fear, the anxiety, uh, the grief, those kinds of things. Those um, we want to learn from, them, but we don't want to keep listening and, and, and using those thoughts in our head. Carrie, as a as a teacher of metaphysics, do you make a distinction between the velocity of thought or the the vibrational frequency and the amplitude of thought? I guess in a way we do. Um, the vibration obviously is measures the quality of the thought, and we learn to understand what productive thoughts are, and that's basically what what do you want to produce in life. Mm-hmm. Um, then the power of a thought comes really by being very clear-minded so that you're putting all of your attention on that thought. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, most of us for a long time were told multitasking is the best thing in the world. And, and of course, in metaphysics, you find out just the opposite. And the challenge for most human beings is we are not very clear-minded. We have a lot of thoughts going on in our head. We have worries and doubts. We have thoughts about what we were doing yesterday that maybe we didn't get finished, what we got to do today, and how are we going to get this done for you know tomorrow or the next day. So we're in the past, we're in the present, we're in the future. Yeah. And um, our mind isn't very disciplined because nobody really has ever taught us that. And that's the first thing that we learn at School of Metaphysics and we talk about in our lectures and workshops is you have the ability to take command of your mind instead of it wandering and meandering all over the place. Um, if we're not directing our mind, then our mind has a tendency to slip back into other thoughts, past experiences that have a lot of emotion attached to them, yep. whether it's positive or negative. Yep. And so if we have parts of our life that we're not comfortable with or we're not happy with or we've judged ourselves about, then it's very easy. If not, we're, we're not directing our mind on a goal, then it's easy for us, our thoughts, to slip off to remember those things. And if somebody's not controlling their mind at all, then obviously they're spending a lot of time in the past thinking about their value or the lack of value or their judgments or things that went wrong or so forth. And then if you just simply pull up the law of attraction, you realize, oh, my gosh, those people are just attracting more of the same thing. And so they're causing their own demise to some degree, which is why we want to be able to say, where is my attention all the time? We want to be focused and concentrated enough to know what am I putting my attention on now so that I know what I'm producing because whether I'm paying attention or not, my inner mind is helping me to manifest what I'm putting my attention on. So even the things we're unconscious to, we're manifesting, which is another reason why you see so many talking people talking about awakening and using meditation and other types of quieting the mind techniques to go deeper it's their mental muscles. We teach something called 10 essential life skills, and they're skills that you and I have heard of our entire life. But they've never, no one has ever taught us those skills in schools. And they're things that um, are basically mental muscles, things like undivided attention and concentration and memory and listening and imagination, breath, reasoning, intuition, self-respect, and entrainment. Each one of those is actually a mental muscle. We have them. Everybody uses them to different degrees. But when you start teaching people exercises and how to empower them, make them stronger, when you practice something as simple as concentration over and over again, maybe 10 minutes a day, 
suddenly you realize your mind doesn't wander so much and you have more control of what you put your attention on. And the reason that's so important is because we can think of about a lot of negative things that just get in our way. They become distractions. And then we're manifesting things in our life that we don't want to be instead of learning how to build power to focus our attention away from habitual patterns that are not productive and focus our attention on what we want. So there's two of those skills, concentration on divided attention, that actually build a person's willpower in any portion of their life. And that's very empowering. Yes, and it helps build self-respect, which I also see in some of the literature that I uh, observed on your website. By the way, we're visiting with Kerry P. Keller. He's a teacher at the School of Metaphysics. The website, www.som.org, which stands for School of Metaphysics, som.org. Kerry, you mentioned dreams earlier in this, and this might be a slight tangential, but I, I wanted to explore that a little bit. What happens in dreams, and how does it fold into the work you do with your students? Well... I'll start off telling you that um, in your inner levels of mind, we have six other levels of mind other than what we would call the conscious mind where you and I are visiting right now, and we spend most of our time there. But all our ideas, our new ideas, come from the inner levels of mind, and it's we call it universal mind. So your mind and your attention is constantly attached to universal mind, so is mind. And so we can draw our ideas and our imagination, everything from universal mind. In sleep, or when you go to bed, your body goes to sleep to rest, but your attention never does. Your attention moves into subconscious mind, and because subconscious mind has been with you all day long, having your experiences, the attention walks in there with the subconscious mind and it starts uh, assessing and analyzing What did you do that day before? What did you learn? Mm -hmm. Because it's also where our soul resides. When you're born, your soul entered your body, and we now understand energetically it resides in your subconscious mind. And your soul has a purpose. It wants you to develop yourself, to move from believing things are possible to experiencing them over and over again until you know they're possible. And so you actually have a second memory, which is in subconscious mind. The memory in your brain, unfortunately, goes away when you die, but the memory in subconscious mind continues on. So anytime you have the desire or the need to understand something, the other reason we teach these 10 essential life skills is so you can move your attention inward through intuition and draw the wisdom out of the inner levels of mind that the brain does not have. Same thing in your dreams. Once your attention has moved into your inner levels while you're sleeping, it starts sending us messages, which is what we call dreams. They're kind of like little videos. Most of them don't seem to make a lot of sense to us until we learn how to interpret them. And there is a a universal language. It's a language called the universal language of mind. Um, It's the oldest language um, humanity knows about. It was rediscovered in the late 1700s back in France. It was when they discovered the Rosetta Stone. It was embedded in the stone, and it suddenly allowed scientists to interpret a lot of languages that we didn't know how to interpret around the world, things as basic as hieroglyphics in caves and so forth. Mm -hmm. And what what the universality is, is moving out of the conscious mind where we think thoughts and speak words that describe them, on the inner levels of mind, energy flows. And we describe or we see the energy with uh, images, 
And so the universal language of mind is a language of images. And so think about the times that you've ever had an uh, epiphany or an aha moment where you've been looking for an answer or something, you've been pondering it, and it just doesn't come to you. And suddenly this flash comes in your mind. You get this image. You go, oh, my God, that's it. And then we have to learn how to describe it. Sometimes it's pretty hard to describe what we just received because the inner levels of mind actually vibrate much faster than the conscious level of mind, which is another reason we want to slow down our conscious mind and become more focused and meditative so we can understand more what the inner mind has to offer us. So the dreams themselves are messages to us every day about what was going on with us yesterday. What are our thoughts? What were our attitudes? And so they will teach us where we were being productive and where we were not. And so that's the very fascinating things about dreams. So in business, there are tons of people through hundreds and thousands of years that have used their mind to better all kinds of situations and circumstances to create businesses. The German gentleman, I can't think of his name right now, that um, formulated the periodic table of elements he got that in a dream. And um, wars have been won because of defensive strategies that um, leaders have come up with for wars. And the list is a mile long of what we can understand if we're paying attention to our dreams. So mm-hmm. it's a whole other side of our mind, but it's certainly very important. Another area, Carrie, that I wanted to explore is meditation. And what I've learned in my own world is that there are different kinds of medica- medication. Sorry, yeah. meditation. <laughs> yeah, there is that too. <laughs> right? Kind of a medication too. <laughs> <laughs> so when we talk about meditation in the context of the work you do, what does that look like and what is the practice? How does it work? Well, we actually teach the purest form. All meditations are good. Um most meditations have a, a mantra or it's a guided meditation or it's an ongoing chant or something that you can put your attention on to take your attention off of everything else. Mm-hmm. We take it a step farther and say, okay, you want to learn how to concentrate and have undivided attention and clear your thoughts completely. And for 99% of the people on this planet, nobody can do that right away. It's, it's, you try and it's like almost impossible. Um, So that's why we teach those exercises to help us meditate. Meditation is your opportunity, really, from our perspective, to communicate with your highest self or the creator or the superconscious mind. They're all kind of in one because we all receive messages or if you want to call it an inner urge from superconscious mind constantly. You know, it's always urging you to do this or go there or learn this or do that. And if we're paying attention, a lot of people follow that. It comes from the soul. It comes from the inner desire to evolve ourselves and to be better today than we were yesterday. And the meditation allows you to quiet the busyness in your head so that you can more clearly receive whatever messages um, are being sent to you from the inner mind. Ah, and it's almost so, like interference, isn't it? And, you know, in TM, they talk yeah. about waves on top of the ocean is the metaphor. Yeah, this busy mind you're talking exactly. about, the superconscious. So by quieting that, we're more receptive to the soul's desires. Is it, did I understand correctly? Right. If you um, imagine all the thoughts that we have, and then you attach emotions to them, you've got a lot of busyness oh, yeah. because all those vibrations are going on. And you know, oh, yeah. 
as well as I do. When we get too busy-minded, what happens to us? We get all bogged down. We get the clarity's gone. We're feeling upset or we're whatever. Yes. Well, each level of mind operates and it vibrates. It's a much higher level. And for us to understand the next level in, we have to be able to quiet our mind out here to be able to say, what am I actually receiving? And the more we practice that, the more we receive. So somebody like that might call themselves a psychic seems to do that naturally in a lot of cases, but they don't understand how it works. They can just do that. And we all have the ability, but some seem to have it developed more than others. So that's because they can clear their mind in some way and reach in and draw out those understandings. And so part of the life skills is to teach you through meditation and, and dreams and intuition how to access the wisdom that we have in inner levels of mind to use in your everyday life for your business, for your family, for your raising your kids, for intimacy, for everything. And Carrie, this speaks to the, the power of visualization. Of course, we hear about creative visualization sure. all the time. How do you like to frame the concept of creative visualization or let's say in business or any life goal? Well, you want to have fun with it and you want to expect it works. Ah. I'll tell you a really quick story. The expectation is everything. Um, Before I moved to Indianapolis, I was in Chicago for four years, and somebody called me up last minute and said, I'm supposed to be doing two workshops for 12 CEOs at different companies, and I can't be here. Would you take my place? And I said, sure, but what do you want? He says, well, talk about anything. And I said, is visualization good? And he said, yeah. So the first week I went and I'm talking to these 12 people and, and they were all corporate 500 executives. And I was explaining visualization and taking questions and I gave them an assignment and I said, okay, we're not going to meet for two weeks. And so I want you to practice. So when you go to bed tonight, I want you to visualize whatever you're going to do tomorrow and expect that it's already happening in the way you want it happening. You can even feel the emotions of being happy about it. If there's other people involved, you can feel their emotions, but image it as if it's already happening and it's working the way you want, and then go to sleep. And when you wake up in the morning, spend two or three more minutes doing the same thing, and then let it go, and then see how your day goes. And two or three days went by, and I didn't really hear from any of them, and so I was kind of wondering if they would even do that. Yeah. And one gentleman called up and said, um, you know, I was feeling guilty. I just had to try this to see what happened. And I said, he said, you've really blown my socks off. He said, I was amazed at two things, how simply and well the day went. There were less surprises, fewer mistakes, so much. It was noticeable so much that I had to try it the next night. And he said, when it happened the same way the second day, everything went smoothly again. I got some things I wasn't expecting that were positive towards what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And he said, I started calling all these other guys. And so you're probably going to hear from them. (laughs) And by the time the two weeks was over and they all came back to class, only one person didn't do it. And the other ones started three, four, five, six days later, but each one of them had the same story. And that's without even practicing how to hone your attention and so forth. They just wanted to see what was happening, what was possible. And when it did, then they started expecting, oh, my God, I have something to do with this. And that's the power of visualization. We all have the ability to do it. And we all have the ability to let go of anything negative, any doubts and fears, because it's our imagination. And so we can image whatever we want. So that's why you hear Olympic athletes doing it, actors doing it, 
recording artists, you know, can't can't get to a practice. They're imaging a whole concert while they're traveling across the country on an airplane. Exactly. And that's very, very productive. Yes, it is. Really using that time, that what otherwise would be idle time. And Carrie, it seems also that one distinction or one level of importance here is to feel the emotions as if it has already occurred. You, you kind of put yes. a box around that as you were explaining. Why is it so important that we feel it as well as think it? I'll add that, or ask, excuse me, I'll answer that by giving you this formula. Okay. Goal plus purpose plus activity equals success. If you have a goal in mind, you should always have a purpose for it. It should have to do with where you're going and what you're attempting to learn about yourself and grow and cause in the future. And then the activities can be physical activities or mental activities. Um, but none of that works unless you have emotion attached to it. You get excited about what you're creating. You see the benefits for yourself and all the others that it's going to affect. So you can feel happy. You can feel joy. You can feel satisfaction or fulfillment. Those, that's really the glue. And the reason is the inner mind wants us to keep growing. So if the mind is designed to manifest what you're putting your attention on, there's a reason because we're supposed to be learning from our experiences. And emotions get our attention to say, okay, what kind of experience is this? Do I like it? Do I not like it? Because then we decide, what are we going to do next? And so those emotions keep us moving forward productively, assuming we don't become attached to a negative emotion and start, you know, defeating ourselves or judging ourselves, mm -hmm. which is part of, the, of that. So... The positive emotions that you want to experience when you're visualizing something is the glue that holds everything together. Everything we've talked about today and the work you do is so fundamental to humanity, let alone business. And uh, I'm so uh, happy to have you on this program for the benefit of our listeners. We've been visiting with Kerry P. Keller. He's from the School of Metaphysics. The website, www.som, as in schoolofmetaphysics.org. Schoolofmetaphysics.org is the website. Kerry, is there any other way that you'd like people to reach out to you as, as they hear this? Well, it's, um, I can give you two things. Um, the 10 Essential Life Skills I was talking about, there's a book called Master Living. If you go to that website that you just said, som.org, um, and click on the store, you can go to the bookstore online, and there's a book called Master Living. And it has 10 chapters with those skills in them, and um, it's, it just walks you right through them. Anybody can learn from them and put them into practice, whether it's their family or their business or, or whatever. Um, otherwise, as far as I'm concerned, if somebody wants some understanding or I can possibly help someone or even offer and create a, a workshop or a lecture, I'll be happy to do that. I can certainly leave you my email address as well as phone number. Okay, excellent. Phone number would be... Go ahead, please. Phone number would be 314-610-2142. And my email address would be Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, P as in Paul. Keller, K-E-L-L-E-R, at gmail.com. Carrie P. Keller, just like it sounds, at gmail.com, and 314-610-2142 to reach Carrie P. Keller directly for workshops, advice, insights, and uh, consulting, all those sorts of things. And I, I love the idea of getting the book at the website, som.org. Carrie, thanks so much for joining us on the program. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate it, and I uh, hope everybody will learn something. 
Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.